Hello, welcome to another episode of These Little Moments Podcast. I'm your host, your online health and wellness coach, Ryan Kassam. And in this episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing Austin Chan, otherwise known as Austin Chan Fitness. And I really enjoyed this podcast because we talked all things hypertrophy, basically meaning how you build muscle. So if you are someone who is new to working out, or even if you're someone who has been working out, this podcast is going to be incredibly helpful for you because we talk about all things of how to structure your workouts, talking about muscle failure, talking about the nutritional aspect of what would be most optimal for you to build muscle. So if this is interesting to you, then this is your podcast. So I hope you enjoy it. I'll see you in there. There he is. Hello. What's up, What's man? How are you? I'm good. Um, you know, th- things have been kind of rough with like the daylight savings. I don't know how it was for you, <laughs> dude. <laughs> hey, let's let's talk about it. It's troubling you. What's, what's going on? With yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it must be. It must be brutal. I mean, I mean, it's the same. I guess it's the same thing for everyone. Actually, did you just see that they? Uh, they're gonna like pass a bill that's gonna get rid of it yeah i saw that you know uh, actually i um i subscribed to this email list called morning brew i don't know if you've heard of it i, I feel like i have but i'm not subscribed to it so please keep going so yeah so it, it's pretty cool it's like basically it, they send you an email every day it's like a cool like recap of everything that's kind of been going on in the world mm. and you can kind of like choose and select like what kind of news you want to hear about too so like but or or you can choose like an all-around kind of thing where like mm-hmm. i get like you get like a little bit of like finances of like current events and like stuff like that and yeah i, I just read read up on that today where they're like they're talking about a bill it passed through the senate but they're still it's still going through the house yeah and um yeah like basically they're they're talking about like how they're like pros and cons to doing it like pros obviously like we don't have to do this like <laughs> that was invented <laughs> we don't have to do this that was invented like a hundred years ago, right. which like doesn't make sense today. But also they're saying like a lot of the, um, one of like the huge cons is like, uh, it does help with like energy consumption, like people. Really? Yeah. By, by switching the time a forward or back an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So like when I think when like su- the sun sets like an hour earlier or something, like mm-hmm. it kind of deters people from going outside and doing stuff and like driving around. Oh, yeah. So, but, yeah. but wouldn't that, I guess, from another energy perspective, also, this is Austin Chan, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're, just, we're just going right into it. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is awesome. Oh, yeah. But, but from, from another energy perspective, wouldn't, can you say if more people are, are indoors, they're using energy like electricity or gas for their houses and stuff like that? Yeah, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just a guy reading an email, <laughs> trying to like dilute this information. No, to you, you are the expert. So don't, ask <laughs> don't ask me. Don't ask me. That is why I brought you on here, man. Oh, yeah. But but anyways, this is so welcome, welcome to the These Little Moments podcast. This is Austin Chan, or otherwise known as Austin Chan Fitness, or maybe by his closest friends, Austin. Right? Fair to say. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
very, very good assumption. <laughs> yes. uh, you're like, no, it's it's not. They don't call me Austin. Um, so uh, yeah, I, actually, I have an entirely separate identity that people call me by. <laughs> and that's and that's what we want to get into. Today. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't you want before I'll stop talking. You you give us your introduction, whatever whatever you want to say. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm Austin Chan. I'm a fitness coach. I've been doing this for three years total now. And yeah, I like talking about fitness a lot. So decided to put that on, on the internet and help more people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's also talk about how, how ripped you are and uh and how <laughs> oh geez no oh god no Dude, let's talk let, about let, your vascularity okay yeah yeah let, let, let's just critique my physique on the podcast right now <laughs> we'll start with the biceps okay we'll work our way yeah. <laughs> so 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 welcome austin uh thank and, you and when would you would you would you know because some people call themselves like nutrition coaches some people call themselves just like I don't know, train like trainers. What, what? What? I guess like what type of coach do you see yourself? You don't have to need yourself, but what do you like? What do you call yourself? Um, I mean, I just call myself an overall fitness coach. But mm-hmm. in in terms of just like what I particularly like enjoying talking about, I like definitely like talking about the uh, the training aspect of things, mm-hmm. specifically about like hypertrophy related. But just because that's the training style that I gravitated most towards. Um, just starting out on my fitness journey and even until now mm-hmm. and like i've always just had um a natural tendency or like eye for like biomechanics and all all that kind of stuff like one of the coolest things like i found myself going towards when i first started getting personal training was just like seeing people move i'm just like this is fucking awesome like yeah when we learned about um oh wait is it okay if i swear in this yeah you already did well, let's do it okay. <laughs> yeah i'm like I, you, you gotta like censor that or something. excuse me while i restart this whole podcast I'm yeah <laughs> you son of a bitch <laughs> yeah no you're good you're good okay okay cool yeah um yeah so like like, like when i just like first started training it was super cool just like all this stuff I learned in anatomy and physiology, but actually seeing that being applied to people, seeing that people move in real life, it was just super cool to, to see that. And also like, there's only so much you can learn about in the textbook, like mm-hmm. versus when you actually see this, like people move in person and also each person's going to move slightly different. Each person mm-hmm. is built slightly different. So just seeing that in person was just super cool. And then yeah. having to modify exercises and all that. And then from like an in-person standpoint versus like an online standpoint, it was, it's totally different as well. Like mm-hmm. online, you can't see that person there. You can't like immediately apply changes. So you kind of have to figure out a different way to communicate to the client versus like in person. You're like, Hey, just, just do this. And then right. it's instantly fixed. Right. Or you like can physically, if obviously they give you permission to be like, no, like mm-hmm. adjust your arm this way or something like that. Uh, yeah. yeah. So were you, were you an in-person trainer when you started? Yeah, I still I still do in person awesome. here and there. Yeah. Awesome. When did you start doing in person? Um, that was back in college. Um, I think like 20, 2017 or 2018. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So for, for a long while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that was one of the I think you made a good point. That was that was one of the uh the cooler things to see is when obviously you hear all these textbooks people teach you all these things but then when you actually like try to apply 
what you learn in a textbook to, you know, what somebody's doing or like how like, oh, their heels are lifting off the ground. Like, what does that cue me to have them do next or to work on that so that maybe we change their biomechanics in a way so oh this is telling us maybe their glutes are weak or like their hamstrings are weak i i always thought that was that was a cool thing too mm -hmm. yeah yeah for sure and then for, for whatever it's worth it's like when whatever you see in the textbook it's like that's not the stuff that you can directly communicate to the clients because mm -hmm. like if someone's heels come off the ground you're not going to be like so uh according to the textbook you have limited ankle mobility right. and, uh, we need to be doing this this and this and then they're right. like what the fuck <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just not good what you're doing okay just, yeah. chapter 23 tells us uh you're in for a long <laughs> haul here buddy it's not good <laughs> I love that. And and so let's let's dive into kind of your your origin story because I always like hearing about people's origin stories because I think it just translates to what they do now. But tell us like a little bit like, you know, actually, you know, if you want to get like personal too, like where you grew up and all that, and then transition to how you got started into fitness and, and then lead us to where you are now. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so it, it's it's kind of like weird how like when i say like tell people that I, I was born in iowa like out of all the places just in the middle of nowhere wow <laughs> yeah so devonport iowa is what is on my birth certificate i don't really remember it that much but, uh, <laughs> what my what the, what the rule makers tell me <laughs> yeah. hey you you wanted everything i'm gonna tell That's you right. like, all my personal information just put it out there in the internet please do <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I was born in Iowa, uh, grew up there for about five years. Like I still remember bits and pieces of it. I just remember a lot of cornfields and snow mm. and we lived in a pretty small house and then we grew up there until I was five. Then we moved to Hawaii. And then that's where mm. I kind of grew up for the majority of my life. And yeah, it was super cool. Um, I don't know if you've ever gotten a chance to visit there, but like one of the things, like I will forever cherish that I got to grow up mm. there because like a lot of people say it's like part of the U S but like when you're there, it, literally feels like it's a different country it's a different place they're just mm -hmm. there's an overall different vibe like of course everyone like speaks english as the main as like the main language but like just the overall culture the overall like slang and the just just like everything about it is like it feels like a different place mm -hmm. where where in hawaii did you grow up oahu oahu so that's the, uh, yeah it's the main island uh, yeah i so i i was fortunate <laughs> to have gone on vacation we went to Maui, uh, we went to Oahu, and then we went to uh, Kauai uh, for like a little bit too. And it was absolutely gorgeous. Like, mm -hmm. I can't believe you, that's pretty awesome. You grew up there. Yeah. <laughs> and what, a, what a transition too, like for your parents, you're just like, we don't like Iowa. Let's uh, yeah. go to Oahu. <laughs> yeah. Complete opposite. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, yeah, we'll kind of fast forward to when I was 13, because like fitness wasn't really a big part of my life then. Um, so 13 was when I first started lifting. That was like middle school. So uh, just went along with my friends. And, you know, when you first start out, you don't really take it seriously. So I didn't really take it seriously all that much. We would just go in there, bench press every single day, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And pretty much just did like whatever my friend told us to do, because like this dude for like, like a 14 year old, he's like Jack six pack and everything. So obviously you have to listen to him, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a non-negotiable when you're at that age. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> yeah. And then his dad was like a football coach and everything. So like, we're like, okay, this, this dude's kind of legit. I mean, at least at that age, we thought he was right. legit. So yeah. Then pretty much all we do is bench press every day. 
Um, and then at that point, I didn't really take it seriously. Like I said, like it was just on and off. Like we, I'd lift like during the time we, we had school just because that was an after school kind of thing, just to like kill some time. And then during the breaks, of course, I would just like take off completely from the gym. And then by the time uh, school went, came back up and we went back to the gym, I'm like, wow, why did I lose all my gains? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> why did this happen? You know, it's I took like fair. four weeks off from lifting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was pretty on and off until about like 18, 19, when I first got into college. Um, even then, like it was still on and off for like that first year in college. And when I first got into college, I always thought like, I'm going to be an engineer. That was like the, my like life goal and all that. I thought it'd be super cool to be an engineer. Went through all the classes and everything until about a year and a half in, I was like, I don't really want to do this for the rest of my life. Like mm-hmm. I loved like learning about the, all the sciencey stuff and everything, but like, it just wasn't a career path I could see myself doing and like mm-hmm. feeling super passionate and fulfilled about. Like, it was just one of those things like, you know, you, you felt like you did it just because you, it's a good stable job. Mm-hmm. I can relate yeah. to that a ton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at that point, like I was also really getting into like the whole fitness nutrition thing. I was just consuming a lot of stuff on like YouTube, reading a lot of articles mm-hmm. and all that. And um, I thought, you know, if I'm spending so much time on, on this anyway, in my free time, then like, yeah. why not like make my career out of this? Mm-hmm. So I made the switch to kinesiology and like, I, I loved it. Like all the classes, and everything. I just found myself like, I didn't really have to study for it just because mm-hmm. like all the information just kind of came to me naturally. And then I think what, like the, my first year into kinesiology after that, I uh, had this like intro class where they like go through all of the like prospective tracks you can go through with kinesiology. So like mm-hmm. say you, a lot of people go into like pre-med yeah. or physical therapy, or occupational therapy, athletic training. And then one of the things that stood out to me the most was athletic training. Yeah. And so the, the like students going through the program at the time, they're like talking about, I'm like, this is super cool to be able to work with athletes and like right. pretty much work with them on like the, uh, like, uh, like the, what's, what's the term? Like the, the therapeutic side of things. Mm-hmm. And then I, and then from that on, I'm like, I'm going to be an, an athletic trainer. This is my mm-hmm. life goal now. Mm-hmm. And then went through all the courses and everything until I started shadowing the athletic trainer at the university who worked with the softball team and like, it was super cool and everything. Look, seeing them go through like all like the, uh, the tests you got to do and uh, like all the different modalities they use to treat all the athletes and everything. But, at the, but also then like, I was thinking, I'm like, I can't really relate to these people. Like the, these are like college athletes who likely have been training their entire lives for this. They are like genetically blessed in a sense. This is just something that they like have been doing for the, their entire lives. And they were like, they just have a natural gravitation toward it. Whereas I like, you know, I was just that like skinny overweight kid who grew up like wanting to look better. And I really couldn't relate to these people. I like, uh, like athletic stuff just does not come naturally to me. I cannot mm-hmm. throw or catch a ball to save my life. So <laughs> we'll work on it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll fly over to play some catch with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> catch every Saturday, same time next That's week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah at that time I'm like I can't really see myself doing this so then um and then as far as like the kine- as as a part of the kinesiology department they would usually like send out like email blasts of like of like career opportunities and all that and then I got one saying something about like a 
um, personal training class they were offering at the university recreation center. So I took that and I'm like, this, I, I could definitely see myself doing something like this because I knew that personal, I knew like somewhat of like the personal training field, like you just work with like everyday people to help them get in better shape. Mm -hmm. And then I felt like I spent a lot of time like in the gym anyways, working out. So I'm like, you know, I might as well do this. I feel comfortable in the gym. I feel comfortable like talking to people about stuff I know and stuff I can relate to versus like the athletic training thing, which is kind of like learning a whole new skill um, of like, you know, treating athletes and all that. So I did the whole class and then got the A certification and then we started training people there and loved it. And then the rest is kind of history. And then the whole COVID thing happened. And then I figured like I had to kind of pivot my business somehow and then came across the mentorship and here we are. Wow. So that's a, so you, you had an interesting path where it was, you know, one, you started off as an engineer and, and now you're a body engineer, right? You're still an engineer in some way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I think it's interesting because you, you said how when you were in engineering, you felt the need to, to you had to study a lot, right? Um, but then when you made the switch to kinesiology, you, you, it, it's not like you didn't have to study, but that material came to you a lot easier. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it, and it's almost like you, you probably went back for more, even then you, you didn't have to, cause it just interested, interested you so much. So I, obviously you chose the right career path. Um, and then you went through, cause athletic training is no joke in school too. Like that's a very mm -hmm. intense program as well. Um, so it's interesting how you went that route. And I actually, I really love your route because you, every, everything you did, you're like, nope, that doesn't fit me. Nope, that doesn't fit me. Instead of like just going through with it and then like years later, you're like, oh man, that's, I wasted a little time here. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> that's tough. So I love, mm -hmm. I love how you had that journey where you're able to just kind of like really discover like each, each path. You're like, nope, that doesn't fit me. Or I like a little bit of this, but not the entire thing. Um, and then you said, so you also said you couldn't relate to the athletes because you were skinny and overweight. So are you saying you were a skinny fat guy? Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up like, like on the thinner side until like my, my appetite just like suddenly ramped up one day from as far as I can remember. Mm -hmm. And then I just like eating a ton and mm -hmm. it just didn't. And then the weight started coming on and yeah, calories and calories out. Right. Yeah. A little bulk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A bulk, bulk with none of the exercise. I'm just, right. <laughs> just bulking for like genius. <laughs> Get to preload that mass, man. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so you graduated college and then you, you became a trainer. Um, so, what was, what's kind of, what was like your training style or, or what was like the biggest thing you enjoyed working with people on? Um, so when I first started training, I was also at the time, like super into like barbell movements, just because I thought like that, that's like how I first learned about, um, like fitness in a sense, like all the training styles that I would picked up were like, Oh, focus on these heavy barbell movements mm -hmm. and then get progress and progressively overload, you know, enough calories and all that. And you'll see results. And then I saw a really good results. And then obviously like a lot of people, when they first hear about, they, they start to kind of tie their identity to that. So I found myself yeah. doing that a little bit. So then I started like every single client, I'm like, you got to do these heavy barbell movements. <laughs> and yeah. then like, obviously they would, they like got pretty good results too. But like, as my fitness knowledge evolved, like I don't use heavy barbell movements a lot anymore. Mm -hmm. I still do incorporate them here and there, mm -hmm. but um, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, I can relate to that too. I, I feel like it's, and it's very, when you first start training, you're like, I'm just going to train these people like I train, right? Mm -hmm. like, 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and then like, like looking back and you're like, oh, well, that's not, uh, that's not how this should work. It's like, just cause I'm interested yeah, I'm in like, <laughs> right, just cause yeah, I'm interested I'm like, in like I, kettlebells I or, a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't have put a 70 year old grandma. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we're going to do a uh, clean and snatch today, grandma. Okay. <laughs> this is going to help you uh, get off the floor and play with your grandkids. Okay. This is important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're gonna get absolutely yacked doing yeah. this. I'm like, you want to get yoked or what, Grams? I mean, come on, summer's right around the corner. <laughs> yeah, dude, I could totally, I could totally relate to that, and it's and and it's important too, because uh, obviously the person or the trainer you used to be is vastly different than the trainer you are now, um, and that's how it should be, right? Like, you should be always evolving. Um, the the thing that really gravitates me towards your content is you you have a very um, science based approach, and I always love people who can um, take a piece of you know peer reviewed literature and simplify it for me so I can understand okay like this is what this means this is what this means. Um, what kind of got you into really like looking at peer reviewed literature and and you know kind of like translating it for people. Um, so I will say like one of the first guys I saw who doing this is Jeff Nippard. Yeah. And uh, like, Man. I love, yeah, I love his approach. Like he, he, like he is, if anything, like he's the king of doing that. Um, I yeah. think one of his more recent videos, I think it was uh, like how, how to get jacked explained in like five different levels or something. And it mm. went from like super simple of like, Hey, pick up weights, put them down. That's how you get jacked. Right. And then it like progressively got more and more like technical. So mm. yeah. So I say like Jeff Nipper is one of them. And then like through that, it was just mainly just accumulating more knowledge. And yeah. then like one of the driving things also for me was like, I want to be able to relate to the average person. So like mm -hmm. you, I want to be able to break it down as simple as possible. And like something that like, if I were to speak to my 13 year old self, like, what would I say? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I love that approach. And, I, and that's so I, you know, it's funny. I forgot, I forgot all the videos I've watched of like Jeff Nippers and it, like he was like probably one of the first ones probably him and bio lane lane norton mm -hmm. were one of the first people to like break down like this you know because it's really like i don't know about you but anytime i hear like you know very like um specific you know language when it comes to like speaking about you know hypertrophy or or you know biomechanics i'm just like i, I tune out like i'm just like all right i'm, I'm like i can't i can't focus yeah. but when someone can simplify it in a way where it, it just feels like we're having a conversation then that's always when i've been able to learn better so i, I love that you have like you you've had similar people to, to me that have really helped you get to that place um so you you also have like a really um a big interest in hypertrophy right mm -hmm. what's a could you could you in layman's terms kind of explain what hypertrophy is to like the person who is a beginner yeah, yeah. So I've been trying to find like a layman's like um, word for it, but I haven't mm -hmm. quite found it. Uh, but it basically, it just means to get bigger muscles. And so mm -hmm. the, I believe the like, if we want to get into like the word origins, like trophy is like cell. So like, if you think of like muscle atrophy, so A means without, and then trophy means, or I think, no, no, sorry. It means growth. So trophy mm -hmm. means growth. And then, so if you add, attach an A at the beginning, it's atrophy. So that's without growth. And then hyper, hyper is increased, uh, like an increased rate. So mm -hmm. hypertrophy would be an increased rate. And then trophy typically means like of any cells, but 
it's been said so many times that like it in terms of like the fitness industry when you talk about hypertrophy we're mainly talking about muscle growth because otherwise i don't think you want growth of any other type of cells in your body that's right be cancer yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah so so i guess uh I would, I would love, cause I, I think it'd be really beneficial, um, for like any beginner or even somebody who just wants to build muscle. Like I would love to just like get a good takeaway from you about this, but I guess where would, where would somebody start if their goal is to build muscle? Yeah. So there's a lot it's of a loaded question I just, I yeah yeah it is like <laughs> it just for those listening i just dropped like the mother earth of questions yeah. <laughs> it's not a simple question <laughs> well first you want to look at your programming and then you want to <laughs> exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, i guess yeah keep it as simple as possible i know it could go yeah, very convoluted yeah. so we'll say for like for anyone out there who's just, just getting started like the simple most the most simple way you can go about building more muscle is just progressive overload or just simply focus on trying to lift more weight over time. Mm -hmm. Cause eventually if you do that enough, you will eventually see progress. Like it doesn't matter what lifts you do. doesn't matter. Actually, it does matter how you execute them. Like always we lift, lift with good form, yeah. but for the most part, if you lift with good form and you try to lift with more weight over time, you will see progress in some sense. Like you don't have to worry about like optimal biomechanics. You don't have to worry about like, Oh, should I bulk or should I cut like how much mm -hmm. protein I should get? But people vastly, underestimate how much like training hard with an adequate intensity and also just trying to progress overload over time or increase the amount of weights you can lift over time. So like you don't have to be necessarily going from the five pound dumbbell to the hundred pound dumbbell, like in a week, but like just focusing on like, Hey, I could, I did the five pound dumbbell pretty easily this time. So I, maybe I'll go up to the seven and a half and to the 10. And then eventually you will see progress. And that's just the, the base of it. Like your body is going to have to adapt in some sense. If you go from lifting the five pound dumbbell to the 30 pound dumbbell a few weeks from now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so progressive overloads, it's people hear all the time. Um, mm -hmm. and basically what you just said is that you should try to get better each week. Right. So like whether mm -hmm. that is, whether you can curl five pounds for 12 reps and then the next week you attempt seven and a half pounds for the same amount of reps or within some sort of rep range. Right. Um, the, I'm just now realizing how, how a big of a bomb of a question I dropped in you. Cause there's so many ways. we can go with <laughs> but I really, I do want to make sure we can at least give somebody some, some sort of takeaway app, like from this to like, really get a good start on, on how to build muscle. So, so we have progressive overload, right. Which is like we said, that principle where you should just be trying to get better some way, um, each week. Right. So, mm -hmm. so let's kind of start with this. Let's start with a person who, why, why is it, um, di a disservice for somebody who tries to just lift the same amount of weight every week? So if we think about this from, uh, first, I think I heard this from Alan Aragon, like basically all, all of our body pro bodily processes are primed for survival. And if we think about progressive overflow, it's basically just an adaptation to that because, um, if you lift a, let's say if you, you started with a 10 pound dumbbell and then you lift that and like, oh, oh, wow, that was pretty hard. And you like went like pretty close to muscle failure and like, uh, or we don't want to, I don't want to get too much into that, but <laughs> maybe <laughs> that, down the line, we can, we can yeah, 
<laughs> said, so this loaded question. We could go down so many rabbit holes. But uh, uh, like, I'll let's say notes. you're training pretty hard. Yeah, let's say you you lift that 10 pound dumbbell. You did 10 reps, and you're like, wow, that like eight, nine, tenth rep that was pretty tough. And so to your body, that was like, okay, this weight, like your your body doesn't know whether that's dumbbell or whether that was a huge rock trying to crush you. That you're like, wow, that was pretty heavy. Like if we don't adapt to this next time, maybe that 10 pound dumbbell or rock or whatever is going to fall down and crush us. Mm. So we need to go through the bodily processes to adapt to that. So we can lift more weights so that next time this happens, we don't get crushed by that rock and then we can lift that weight easily. Mm-hmm. And so if you go into the gym, just lifting the same amount of weight, you're not stimulating the need for adaptation for your body. Mm-hmm. You, you explained that beautifully. Well done. <laughs> yeah. um, so my, my question from that is, okay, so that, that you need that, the, the body will, you know, adapt and try to get stronger so that, like you said, based off the basic survival need so that you don't get crushed or anything like that. Um, what, what essentially, and again, as simply as possible, what, what is, what does the body do to, um, you know, essentially create that adaptation? Yeah. So <laughs> super, as super can, simple as possible. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah the, the reason why I'm laughing is because my mind first went to like literally all of the, uh, like the bodily processes, like, like mTOR and all that. So I'm like, oh, okay. God, yeah. but, <laughs> no, Very yeah. specific. <laughs> but basically your body, like, yeah. Yeah. But basically your body senses all that. And then it goes like, let's say, let's just say there are a bunch of like, backstage processes that your cells undergo and sense all of that stuff. And then eventually it signals to the muscles, Hey, we got to build more muscle fibers so that we can actually lift more weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and this is why I'm, I'm enjoying talking to you about this and asking you about this. Cause obviously you, you have a wealth of knowledge when it comes to hypertrophy. Um, so that's why I love how yeah. your first thought goes to like the very nitty gritty, like cellular. Like you're mm-hmm. just like, oh. um, yeah. But yeah, so so could you talk about sort of just a little bit, um, you know, the you, you had obviously you need to utilize progressive overload. Obviously, we talked about how the body will adapt so you can get stronger. Um, what does the the sort of nutritional aspect look like to pair with progressive overload? Yeah, so. The, the few key things that are required for muscle growth are energy and protein. So, and then couple that with training, of course, but then in terms of the, just like the pure, like nutritional aspect, because if we think about muscles, like you're just trying to build a house or something, you need mm-hmm. materials and you need, um, energy to do that. So you just, you need adequate protein. And then of course we can go with like the, the general recommendations of like 0.8 to one gram of protein for body weight, but I mean, studies have shown that like you can even build that um, as little as like 0.5 or half a gram right. of protein per pound of body weight. And then the main thing is, of course, having adequate energy to do that. And that's going to come in the form of calories. And then, of mm-hmm. course, we can go into the whole nitty gritty of like, oh, can I build muscle and lose fat at the same time? Yeah. Or like, oh, what if I'm skinny and I want to bulk up and all that? Yeah, well, we'll we will dive into it because I, right. like I said I love I love like I I haven't really talked about this stuff in a while. I I forgot how much I love like the you know process of building muscle. Um, mm-hmm. that that's comes from like my when I used to do like bodybuilding ish stuff back in the day. 
Um, but so let, let's talk about that. So let's talk about, um, you know, the, the newbie gains, right? So let's talk about, um, you know, if somebody is just starting out, what, what's like the, um, I guess, ideal, like what phase should it be in a, in a calorie wise, what, um, you know, protein intake wise. And, uh, and we'll talk about, you know, optimization after that. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. So if you are in, if you're someone who has new gains to experience, I will say like, you don't have to dial in your nutrition all that much just because, um, the whole, like the whole reason behind like the phrase newbie, because you're like new to weight training, you're a newbie in weight training. So that means in terms of the stimulus of weight training for your body, it is completely new for your body and your body will adapt to it just because it's so new. It's something that you've never done before. So you're Mm going to make a huge amount of progress in a short amount of time. And honestly, that's the, that that's the only period of time in your life where you're going to make so much progress in such a fast amount of time. Cause let me tell you, Ryan and I, we've been doing this for a while. It doesn't get yeah, easier. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know about you, but I'm like, I'm just thinking, I'm like, if only I can go back in time and just give myself like the, the, the ideal, like you're going to, you're going to eat this. You're, mm-hmm. you're going to live this. Okay. Yeah. We're going to make the most of this time. Okay. Buddy. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking about like, <laughs> why did I do that? That was right. not optimal. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know about you, but I can just like, same thing. I could just remember going into like the school gym and like curling on like a Thursday and like, Oh, you guys want to do some triceps too and some calves okay that's great and like you're just like so that's why you know obviously if you're someone who's just beginning um you know take the most advantage like there's so much potential right when when you first start working out and and then pair that potential with you know a a opt eating at an optimal nutrition level right and then pair that potential with with consistency and, and focusing on good form and like you, that's like the bread and butter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll, although I will say like, because like I said, it's a newbie game phase, you can right. pretty much do anything. You, like, right. I'm sure we both still saw like a decent amount of progress, yeah. even though our diet and training was like complete shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But with that being said, you can always improve. You can always try to optimize things wherever you can. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, honestly, I forgot the initial question. <laughs> the initial question. So let's just let's just reel it back to your 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 brand new to working out. Um, you know how 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 could you sort of optimize your nutrition and your your fitness um, to get the most out of you know the, the newbie gain phase? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I will say it's it's definitely dependent on what your starting point looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so for a lot of people who are like overweight and they have a lot of fat to lose they'll be like oh can i build muscle and lose fat at the same time you know i've heard to optimize muscle growth you want to be in a calorie surplus and so um i will say that you if you have a lot of weight to lose you can absolutely build a lot of muscle in a calorie deficit although Mm -hmm. it isn't quote-unquote optimal but like truth be told like if you are overweight and if you have a lot of fat to lose i'm gonna be real with you your life has been a bulk your life has been a calorie surplus up until this point right so exactly if you want to reel things back like obviously i'm not gonna tell you to like oh just eat in a calorie surplus and gain even more weight so which is like neither conducive to your health nor like your attitude towards your like own physical appearance and all that so you can definitely be in a calorie deficit and build muscle at the same time. And also because your body is so fresh to weight training, mm-hmm. like you're, 
you you will make you will make a lot of gains just even though you're in a calorie deficit and if we think about fat on your body fat is literally just excess calories it's excess energy stored in your body so a lot of the energy that will be required for muscle growth can come from your fat stores mm -hmm. yeah and then and, kind of on yeah. the yeah Go ahead. and then kind of on the other end um, if you are someone who's like skinnier, then you would definitely benefit from eating more calories, being in a calorie surplus, and then shuttling all those extra calories toward muscle growth. And a lot of people don't realize like muscle growth is an energy intensive process. So like you can't build muscle in a calorie deficit forever. Like mm -hmm. that, if you lost a significant amount of weight, then, and you were making gains up until then, then it might be something to consider going back into maintenance and then heading into a calorie surplus from there. Mm -hmm. so I, I think you did, I just did an amazing job of outlining. So if you're, if you're somebody who who's obviously in any case, we're talking, you're brand new to, to working out. Um, if you're somebody who has weight to lose, right. Um, mm -hmm. you, your body is already at uh, an optimal place where you don't need to intake more calories, right? You don't need to intake more energy because you have stored energy in your body so that you can be in a deficit and still see optimal results. Right. Um, yeah. I think a very common term that's thrown around is, is skinny fat, right? Mm -hmm. Could you kind of explain what skinny fat is and, and, and maybe how you would program somebody from a nutritional um, place to make optimal, optimal gains, optimal gains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So skinny fat, um, it's, it's the, I don't even think it's like a real term. It's just some made up term. Yeah, it's, it's a made up term. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I, my, my mind goes back to the, um, the Avengers, I think it was Avengers Endgame or Infinity War where like Thor's like, well, all words are made up. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that scene. <laughs> so the, is that yeah. when he's already fat? You got me thinking. No, 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 no. It was, it was when he, he uh, first stumbled upon the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Or he's just flinging his face on you guys. Somebody's making fun of like Chris Pratt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a made up word. He's like, all words are made up. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you're a Marvel nerd like yeah. me. That's great. Oh, yeah. I love him. Um, and then that that's something we can probably go on to later. Yes. But uh <laughs> but uh let's uh what were we talking about? Skinny, uh, fat. skinny fat, yeah. So skinny fat is pretty much like you're skinny from the sense that you don't have much muscle definition or muscle mass in your body, but also at the same time, you're not someone who has like probably a visible six pack. You're not someone who might be considered lean. So you still have a good amount of fat on your body. So it's kind of having both of those qualities. And then as for programming, I would say um, for most people who are skinny fat, you probably don't have years of training experience down your belt. Cause like mm -hmm. if you, if you did, then you probably would have a decent level of muscle mass and you probably wouldn't consider yourself skinny fats. Um, but in terms of like training, focus on progressive overload again, like because your body just so primed to weight training, you're going to take advantage of those newbie gains. And because of that, you don't have to be in a calorie surplus. And, be, and also if you did get into a calorie surplus, then you would probably like start putting on a little bit more extra body weight and you probably wouldn't be, um, like so keen at that just because when you're adding fat mass, you're like, it can really mess up with like your, your body image of yourself. So usually I recommend like eating a high protein diet and also focusing around maintenance. And so with maintenance, you can, you have enough calories 
that you can shuttle some of those calories towards muscle growth, but also at the same time, you don't like spill over too much and put on a bunch of extra body fat as a result of that surplus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's usually, so that's, that's typically how I'll, I'll program someone to has very similar goals. Um, because I think more often than that, and maybe you can agree with this is that when you get somebody who's like that, uh, they want to just lose weight, Mm -hmm. right? Because they think that they think that the fat that they have is what's preventing them from seeing like muscles and all that stuff. Right. Um, but in, in actuality, like you, like you had just, uh, mentioned is that, you know, and it's, I guess it's dependent to like, on it's always depends. Um, but dependent on, you know, whether, um, they would feel more comfortable losing a little bit of fat while also doing strength training, um, from just like, uh, like you, you, you had touched on like a comp body confidence type of, uh, of appeal and approach. Um, so it, it, it is dependent. I would say, I would say, like you said, I would say probably more optimal to be at maintenance, right? Because mm-hmm. once you just put on more, uh, like lean muscle mass, then your, your appearance is just going to change, right? It, it's just like mm-hmm. you're, you, you, you'd almost rather just have that body recomposition, um, than try to just lose, lose more fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Um, I like that you touched on the point that, um, a lot of people think like, because we're so slammed with, and especially nowadays, like with the, like a um, vast amount of like fitness content out there, mm-hmm. like we're so constantly bombarded with like, Oh, if you want to lose fat, being a calorie deficit, if you want to lose fat, being a calorie deficit, it's just yeah. everywhere. So naturally we want to think that, Oh, I'm skinny fat. I just, that just means I have a bunch of extra fat in my body. And we think I like, I, I just need to lose all this fat and then I'm good. And then right. they get into a calorie deficit and then they, they don't see the results that they want. Where in fact, like if you are skinny fat, like by and large, 99.999% of the time, it's not because you have too much fat in your body. It's because you don't have enough muscle mass. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that like, oh, muscle mass is just, it's just like, I'm just going to look bulky or whatever. But like, if you like a lot of people don't realize if you build more muscle mass and have more muscle mass on your frame, uh, you are actually going to look leaner as a result of that, just because mm-hmm. muscle mass is lean body mass. A lot of people think like, oh, body fat percentage is just, oh, how much body fat do I have? But it said it's like, it's a body fat percentage, which means it's a percentage of your fat mass versus your lean body mass. So if you mm-hmm. can increase that lean body mass, you will indirectly lower your body fat mass. Like you won't necessarily be like losing fat mass, but it will, the percentage will come down because your body weight's going up, but it's not because you're accumulating more fat mass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was <laughs> wonderfully said, my friend, wonderfully said. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I think, I think that's important to note is that too, like the, the benefits of increasing your lean body mass, right? I mean, just from a nutritional perspective, it increases the amount of calories you can consume, right? And, and still like mm-hmm. be at maintenance. Um, so maybe what your maintenance was starting at your at your skinny fat stage, um, it would most likely increase due to the amount of muscle that you're building, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So that's just muscle, that's just muscle just simply burns more calories like at rest, yeah. like versus like, like some fat sitting on your body that's not really doing anything. It's just yeah. waiting to be used. Yeah. One of the funniest things I hear, and it's something I probably used to say when I did not know anything I was talking about, but people are always like, oh, well, fat, you know, muscle weight weighs more than fat. Blah, blah, blah. I'm just oh, like, <laughs> I had a feeling you're going to go there. I'm just like, I'm like, if you have, and I, my sister said this to me the other day, and I laughed so hard because I just go, I go, if you have 
five pounds of muscle and then you have five pounds of fat. How does muscle weigh more than fat? And she's like, well, <laughs> she's like, uh, well, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's heavier. And I'm just like, it's five pounds versus five pounds. I'm like five pounds is five pounds. Yeah. <laughs> but could you, could you talk about what people actually mean when they say that? Cause obviously it's not a, a difference in weight. Mm -hmm. yeah and yeah and this is one of i think this was like back in like elementary school when people were like had a very hard time understanding in science class like oh how like what's heavier a pound of lead or a pound of feathers and people right. were like well definitely the, the pound of lead is heavy right and then, and then this is like a pretty much the the same identical concept mm -hmm. except it's with muscle and fat and basically if we think about weight weight is always going to be the same like five pounds of this, five pounds of that. It's always going, like, if you put that on the scale, it is always going to be five pounds of that. Mm -hmm. But well, when people get confused, it's because they, they see the, the amount of volume that's in there. So if you were to look at five pounds of muscle versus five pounds of fat, five pounds of muscle is going to look much smaller in size and look a lot more dense because mm -hmm. it has less volume. It takes up less space. Whereas fat is more voluminous and is has lower density which means it it takes up a lot more space mm -hmm. with that same amount of weight so like from a visual perspective it looks heavier but when you look at the actual weight itself it's it's the exact same right yeah you yeah again well done so it's, it's essentially yeah it's just muscle is dense so it takes up less mm -hmm. surface area and fat is is has more volume, so it's going to take up more surface area, which is which is a reason why it could be dangerous, right, in the body. Um, so so well done. I, I think we've done a pretty good job. Just to touch quickly, because I did you did say it, and I was like, I do want to circle back to it. So when you're lifting, um, you had you had briefly touched on muscle failure. Yes. Could you could you again <laughs> asking yeah. a lot out of you here, but could you simply explain what muscle failure failure is and and how um, you can incorporate it in your workouts. Yeah. So muscle failure is basically the point where you cannot complete. And the, the, of course, and then, oh man, we can, <laughs> there's a, they're like, the wheels and, then they're like <laughs> and then <laughs> there are like multiple definitions for muscle failure. Like you'll hear people say like, oh, technical failure. And then there's like absolute failure mm -hmm. and all that. And so we're just mainly going to talk about like technical failure, just because I think for all of your lifts, you should be performing to it, performing your lifts with good technique. And basically the difference is like technical failure is you complete um, a set mm -hmm. without rest, of course, all the way until you cannot complete another good rep with good form. Whereas absolute failure, you're just like you, you keep going until you literally cannot perform another rep, no matter how shitty your form looks. Right. So we're going to be mainly talk about technical failure just because, I think for the purposes of lifting, we always want to maintain as good form as possible. Um, that doesn't mean you can't let your form slip here and there, but like for the good, like your form should be 90% like on par, like with like textbook good form, but basically muscle failure is just going to the point until you can't do any more reps. So like, let's say you did 50 pounds and like you did 10 reps with that. You cannot complete another 11th rep with good form, no matter how hard you tried. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And then in terms of how you can practically apply that to your training, like in order for your muscles to get enough of that stimulus for adaptation, like we talked about earlier in this podcast, uh, you have to be training close enough to that point in order for your body to sense all that stuff to undergo all of the science adaptations 
to build more muscle, gain more strength and all that. So yeah. And then yeah. for a lot of people, like just I'll be honest, like you just people don't simply get close enough to that point, which is why they don't see the progress that they're after. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's uh and that's you know, obviously that's that's something we try to get out of all of our clients because I, I feel like even even in-person clients, when I used to do a bunch of in-person, so many people were scared to to lift heavier weights. And it's just like you're you're watching someone, and you're just like, you could do way more weight than this. Like, what are you what are we doing mm-hmm. here? Like you're wasting our time, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's it's I think that's so true that that there's so much room for increasing the intensity in your workouts so that you can yield the results that you really want. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, and then I will say like with my in-person clients, especially like I, I, I ask them a lot, like, Hey, how, how hard was that set? Well, let's on scale from one mm-hmm. to 10 with like, you know, one being like just sitting on the couch and then 10 being like, I could not force on another rep if I tried. Right. And then usually they'll, they'll like say a pretty high number. And then I will always take that number and like subtract like two or three from it. Just because right. <laughs> like, honestly, like most of us, like, and this is, wasn't, and this is something that I find myself like kind of um, like um, being at fault of too. Like I, like we, all of us, we vastly underestimate like how much more reps we can do. Cause like when we're under the bar, when we're in that machine, when we're doing that lift, we're like, you know, our muscles are burning. This feels super hard. I mm. feel like I maybe only have this much left when in reality, like if you had someone standing there, say a trainer, and then they're looking at you, they're like, that wasn't really that hard. You could have busted out at least five more reps. Right. So like from like a subjective perspective, like we always underestimate how much more we can do. Um, so I think like an immediate practical thing you can do right now is just start. I know as, as weird as it feels to film yourself in the gym, like just start filming your sets and then seeing how, how hard that actually looked on camera. Because mm-hmm. I guarantee you, like when you look at yourself in the camera, you're gonna be like, wow, that didn't look that hard. Like I, it looked like I could have pushed myself way harder. Yeah, that's actually a great practical point is just film yourself and see if you struggled or not. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you could do it more. So there's a, there's a couple of things I'll say, like you have your scale where you're like sit on the couch or, or like 10 being ridiculously hard. I remember yeah. I just had a flashback when I when I would train clients in person, I'd be uh-huh. like one, this was ridiculously easier 10 you're about to shit your pants by how hard yeah. this was like <laughs> this was about to do. So like That's just vast. <laughs> just two different coaches right there. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then two, um, you know, I think like, like you had mentioned is it's, it is, it is a difficult thing because I feel like the root of it comes down to people are always scared of failing, right. Mm-hmm. Whether it's mentally, whether it's nutritionally, whether it's in life, whatever the case may be. And, and especially exercise, right. Like I, there, I had a few clients back in the day who, who were just scared of like, like if we were squatting and like, they couldn't get the weight back up. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that is, that is a fear. And sometimes people's fear of failing the exercise or failing a rep is what holds them back from increasing the intensity and, and getting and, and, and reaching that their potential that they really could get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then I will say like, and that's why like at First, like when you asked me that basic question of like, we can get into like muscular failure and all that, like, mm. or, um, no, your, your question was like, what's one like rule for, for everyone? I like honestly progressive overload. Cause like eventually if you just keep progressing, you're eventually going to find that point of muscular failure. It's just mm-hmm. that if you do the same thing, every single workout, then you're not, you're never going to find that point or know what it feels like. Right. So, yeah. 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 Like just having that awareness of what it should feel like. Right. 
um mm-hmm. and then and then i just I, I don't know if we have time to get into it then i was just like well what if you can't lift any more weight what's other like modalities or methods you can use and i was just like i don't know if we should yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i don't know if we get the tempos and all that stuff yet but maybe we'll bring yeah. you back on for like a part two part two hypertrophy to get like actually that'd be a good would you want to do like a part two down the line oh yeah for sure dude awesome yeah all right so we we'll talk bring about marvel and all that too yeah yeah we'll talk we'll, talk yeah. About, we'll be real quick who's your favorite marvel hero Ooh, um it used to be iron man but recently mm. i've been loving dr strange dude i support to be honest i i always in i never liked iron man movies by themselves i always liked mm-hmm. iron man when he interacted with other avengers yeah, I, feel, I felt like that's like true. Like, yeah, like this is Tony. He's interacting with like a literal God and he's still being like a smart ass. I was like, yeah, yeah that's my favorite type of Iron Man. Um, yeah, I feel like my I mean, honestly, dude, like in Infinity War, when Thor comes down to the field and like I was just like, oh, like chills. I'm just like, I want to be Thor. So I think Thor might be my number mm-hmm. one uh, like Marvel hero. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you like that strongest avenger dude i love the strong not only the strongest <laughs> but just like lightning bolts like coming out of nowhere character mm-hmm. arc i thought it was great because he's just like this you know pompous prince of asgard and then like yeah he's just like, yeah then he has to lose everything evolve um mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like yeah. it's like progressive overload. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he he progressively overloaded through the through the Marvel series. You know? Yeah, that's right. And then he, he bulked up yeah. at one point, right? And then he... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so oh, so man. I do want to ask you the question I ask everybody on this podcast before we hop off. Um, so obviously you know the name of this podcast is called These Little Moments, and basically I I called it this podcast because you know through certain life events that I've had, I come, I've come to realize that a lot of, uh, of life's moments, like the big moments we have are the result of little moments that we might've overlooked. Um, can you think of like a little moment in your life that has kind of led you to be the person that you are now? That's, that's a loaded question, man. It is a loaded Jeez, question. Man. <laughs> uh, the whole podcast is a loaded question. Oh man, I should have, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I should have done my homework. Prepared, no, prepared I dropped this randomly this on everybody. So you, yeah. there's no way you can prepare. Oh man. Oh, um, honestly, like, I wouldn't say like a, like any particular one moment, but just knowing that like, you can and you will get through the hard shit in life and like mm-hmm. with that single mentality that i've constantly told myself through all of the kind of like deep valleys and all that man not, not you got me like rethinking my, my like running my like entire life on replay and like really getting me emotional and all that <laughs> but, Good. Uh, yeah just like yeah just like all all of the hard shit that happens in your life just like know that you will get through it you just got to take it one day at a time and that you know, it might not be the lowest moment in your life and just, just keep going and you will eventually make through it. And then you will eventually see the light at the end of the tunnel. And really, we can't really appreciate life for all of the high moments that we have, unless we go through these shitty moments mm-hmm. and yeah, just keep uh-huh. going and keep learning, keep trying to do better, 1% better every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And it's definitely reflective of like your journey where you 
ran into many obstacles and you ran into points where you're like, I don't want to do this. And it might've been scary or fearful to accept that and try to find something else that you do enjoy doing, um, to, to lead you where you are now. Um, so I appreciate you, dude. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for being on, on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you for having me, man. Of course. And we'll, we'll have a part two that will, uh, We'll, we'll get more in depth and, and, and uh, more specific so that if you're more of like an advanced lifter, um, you know, it will, it'll pertain more to you for sure. Um, but yeah, man. So please uh, tell people where they could find you anywhere and anywhere. Yeah. So basically all my stuff is going to be under Austin Chan fitness, a U S A N C H A N uh, fitness. And that's my Instagram, my website, my podcast is called build a better you. And yeah, that's about it. If you Google that, I'm, I'm, I think all my stuff pops up if you Google Austin Chan Fitness. But yeah, okay. that's about it. Perfect, man. Well, thank you so much, dude. I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you for having me on, man. Of course, man. I'll uh, I'll, I'll stop it. We'll chat a little bit after. And then, uh, but yeah, so make sure you guys go follow Austin. Hope you guys enjoyed the hypertrophy and yeah. the Marvel <laughs> talk at the end. But I uh, will see you in the next one. Thanks, man. Yep. All right, see you. Thank you so much for listening to that episode of These Little Moments Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. Thank you again to Austin for hopping on the podcast. Uh, Like I said, I love picking his brain um, about everything hypertrophy. So make sure you check out Austin's links in the show notes below. And if you would like to work together, me and you, that's right, mano a mano, one-on-one health coaching, you can apply for coaching at bodybyryan.com slash coaching. And again, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember that your review can help somebody hear the information that we have in all these episodes with some great people um, and can help them. So I really appreciate you leaving your review. I love you, and I'll see you in the next one. Peace out, guys.